Today, we are, as a part of our fall kickoff, we are kicking off a brand new teaching series called A Better Way. And once a year or so, we set aside about five weeks to walk through our core values here at the Bridge Fellowship. And the reason we're calling it The Better Way is that we believe when Jesus came here on earth, uh, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, he didn't just do that to give you fire insurance or a get-out-of-hell-free card. We believe that Jesus did all that he did, and, and by the way, we, we believe in that too, like get out of hell free and, you know, go to heaven, all that. We think that's awesome, and that's a, that's a huge reason that Jesus came, but a lot of people believe that's it, and, and we fall into this trap of believing, well, during my 80 or so years on earth, I'm just going to suffer through and try to make it till I get to go to heaven, and that's not what Jesus died for. He said over and over in the New Testament that the kingdom of God is near, meaning as soon as you hand over the keys of your life to Jesus, your new life in Jesus Christ, your eternity begins right now. And so we believe that he didn't just die so that we could spend eternity in heaven one day. We believe that he, he died so that we could have a better way today, a better life right now between today and our funeral. And, and so that's why we're calling it uh, a better way uh, in, in, the, in this series. And so you could look at these values that we're going to talk about over the next five weeks as the hills that we're willing to die on here at the Bridge Fellowship. Now, we're a young church. If you're uh, just coming, you're new to the Bridge, uh, we opened our doors on April 24, 2016, so we're, we're not even a year and a half old yet. And so in the course of history, as God builds this church, there are lots of things that we're going to change our mind on. For instance, uh, this room... Uh, the stage used to be over there. Actually, sorry, it used to be over there. And then we switched it and made it go over there. And they were like, no, we don't like it over there. We're going to put the stage back there. And, and then today we moved it right here. And so, so like, there's going to be lots of things that change. The color of the carpet, uh, the, the music that we play, all those kind of things. Those are negotiable. These five things we're going to talk about over the next several weeks, these are non-negotiables. These are the things that we believe make us who we are as a church, but also who we are as an individual. So don't miss this this morning, okay? Here's, here's what we believe. If a core value is worth adopting for an organization like the Bridge Fellowship, it ought to be worth adopting in your personal life. If, if you sit here over the next several weeks and you listen to these core values and you go, well, that just doesn't make sense, like, m then maybe you're in the wrong church or, or you know, maybe you need to check what we believe and make sure it adds up to what you believe because I believe with all my heart and we, we hammer this home to our staff and our elders and our, our key volunteers all the time. Listen, if it's good enough to be a core value for the Bridge Fellowship, then it's good enough to be a core value for you in your own personal life. And so as we walk through this series, don't just think of this as me talking about the Bridge Fellowship. Think of it in your own individual life and relationship with Jesus Christ. So we'll break down one of these each week over the next month or so. Are you ready? Here we go. The very first core value that we're going to talk about this week is called biblical authority. Biblical authority. Now, before we dive into this, I need uh, to have some confession time. And, and uh, uh, if you are, are new here to the Bridge Fellowship and uh, uh, this bothers you a little bit, um, get used to it because we, we, our mission statement is that we're here to share the life-changing love of 
Jesus Christ with lost and hurting people. We want messy, broken people. We believe that God uses messy, broken people because messy, broken people are all he has to choose from. And I want you to know it starts right here. This pastor is broken. I don't have my act together. If you came into church today looking for a buttoned up together, uh, does everything right, pastor, you are in the wrong church and you need to keep looking because that's not me. Uh, And so as I started uh, studying back in May for this series, for this core value series, uh, we had landed on the name A Better Way, and I was just studying some scripture passages of what to, uh, what to, uh, what angle to take for biblical authority this year, because we do this once a year. And as I was studying, right, um, here's what you need to know. As I was studying, I remembered that there's this unwritten a self-imposed rule that pastors place upon themselves that says this, don't repeat messages or scripture passages very often because it makes you look like you aren't working very hard and people will get tired of hearing the same thing and they'll stop coming and you'll look like a failure. Actually, you'll be a failure. And that's not just this pastor. All pastors live by that unwritten rule of don't, don't uh, you know, repeat messages very long. So hold that thought for a minute. While I was studying uh, on my study break back in May, I began looking uh, at some scripture passages and I felt like God was saying, stop. Teach it exactly like you did last year. And I'm having this moment like, God, you know the rule, right? Don't you, the pastor rule, God, right? Like, we don't repeat things, God. You you can't be telling me to teach the exact same message twice in 12 months. So to be honest with you, uh, and again, if you're looking for a pastor who always listens and obeys God perfectly, wrong church. uh, And so I ignore him. And I uh, started studying other stuff. I'm like, God, silly God. No, no, you got it all wrong. I'm going to study this. And I started studying other stuff, and, and you can probably guess what happened. I, I just got stuck. Nothing was coming. I just I couldn't get anything out on paper, and I, I just could not find my way in this particular core value in this, in this series. And, and about that time, and, and another thing you need to know about a young church is that we don't have offices, so I office at, at a, a really swanky place called Chick-fil-A, and, uh, and I, I, I office there for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the Christian chicken, you know. And so, like, so that's why I should study there. And, and the other reason is because they refill free Diet Dr. Pepper all day long. And I can just, you know, they just come to me. Can I fill that up? And I'm like, nobody, when we get offices one day, Brandon's not going to stop by my office and go, can I get you some more Diet Dr. Pepper? Actually, maybe he should. We... We should make that a rule. So I hope you're listening, Brandon. Anyway, uh, so, so I'm, I'm in Chick-fil-A as I'm studying. And about that time when I'm telling God, no, you don't know the rule, God. I'm not repeating that message. About that time, a mom walked past me on her way to the restroom. And she's got a little, you know, between one and two years old, that stumbly, kind of trying to walk, but still holding mom's hand. You know what I'm talking about. And, and every now and then he would let go of mom's hand and he would fall and she would pick him back up and he would try it again and again and again. And it was like God was saying that, that right there. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Ferris. Teach it again. Because that's how we learn, isn't it? 
Everything we learn in life, we learn through repetition. We learn how to walk through repetition, falling down and getting back up and trying it again. We learn to ride bikes. We learn to read. Everything we do, we learn through repetition. And it seems silly, God was telling me, so blame this on him, that we would have this self-imposed pressure that we got to come up with something new every time. And so all that to say, as we dive into biblical authority today, I'm going to make this deal with you, okay? Um, please learn to do what I'm going to teach today, okay, so that God will let me off the hook and I won't have to teach it this way again next year, okay? And so you guys learn real fast and do it right, do everything I say today, and then next year it'll be a new message, okay? But if you guys don't learn biblical authority today, there's a good chance that next, next fall God's going to go teach it again. They're not getting it. And so if I do that again next year, email God because it's his fault. Actually, it's yours and his fault because you didn't learn it and he won't leave me alone. Okay, so anyway, here we go. You ready? I think we can sum up biblical authority in one simple question. Look on the screen with me today. And, and like, it's so funny because we've been being silly and all of a sudden it gets serious. You can sum up biblical authority by asking the question, whose way is better, God's or mine? And we mean that in every single area of our lives, not just churchy, Christiany things. Like, biblical authority means that every single area of our lives, we measure it against God's Word, the Bible, the, the, the instruction man, manual, the, the roadmap that He gave you and I to live our lives according to. We take that and, and look at every area of our lives, our relationships, our finances, our career, our hopes and dreams, every area of our lives. Do I really trust that God's plan for all those things is better than my plan? Do I, do I really believe that, right? And here, here's the chilling reality and, and the tough part of answering that question is how you answer that question will actually determine the course of your life. Because I, I believe this. I, I've been doing this for over 25 years and I believe that this struggle between God and man and, and do I follow God's ways or do I do it my way or I, I do good for a while and then I backslide and I fall, you know, I, my, the wheels fall off and I go off track... I believe all that is boiled down to my way versus God's way. Do I really trust him with every area? Or are there times when I'm going to grab the keys back in certain areas of my life and go, I don't like your way, God, we're going to do it my way. We can just boil it down. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7 today, and and, uh, we're going to start in verse 24. So if you have your Bible or your smartphone, uh, you can go ahead and get there. It'll be on the screens for you too. But let me set this up as you guys are turning there. So what we're going to look at today is, is toward the end of the most famous sermon ever taught. It, it, a lot of Christians refer to it as the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew's, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And what Jesus did is he went up on a hill, a mount, and a bunch of people, thousands of people gathered around, and he just taught right? He taught on all kinds of things uh, on the side of this mountain. And and some of the topics that that he hits during this famous Sermon on the Mount are marriage, finances, relationships, sex, bitterness, anger, jealousy, like all of the things that we got to measure against that question, my way or God's way? Right? And he's teaching all that. And, and as he was teaching this message, uh, now and then as he was teaching, he would say something like this. You've heard it said, but I tell you. And, and what he was saying when he would do that is basically this. Everything you've been taught before, I want to teach you a new way. Like, I, I know growing up you were, you were reared and raised this way, but I have a better way. 
And, th- and that's where we came up with the title for this, for this series. And so, so Jesus is going to end this talk with one of his stories. He was really good at this, using metaphors, where he would take something very familiar, in this case, building a house, and compare it to something very complex, like God, right? God stuff. And, and it, that's how he taught. He was so good at that. And so we're going to pick it up in, in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 7, and the Bible says this. Now everyone then who hears these words of mine and look, does them, will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Now, just real quick, Jesus spent the previous three chapters, right, because we're at the end of chapter 7 now, talking about all that stuff I mentioned, marriage, anger, relationship, all that kind of stuff. And now he says this, and here's what he says. You guys heard everything I've said on on this mountainside, right? But what I'm telling you at the end of this talk is that only the ones who actually do what I've said will be like the wise man who built his house on a solid, immovable foundation, right? So, so Jesus is not comparing hearing and believing because most of the people sitting there today, and I would venture to guess that most of the people sitting here today, if someone said, do you listen to God and do you believe in him? Do you believe what he says is really true? The majority of people in this room today would go, yep. I believe. Like, I'm in. I've heard it all my life, or it's new to me, but I'm in. I I believe it. He's not comparing hearing and believing. He's comparing believing and doing. And he's saying only the ones who actually carry it out in their daily lives will be like the man who built his house upon the rock, right? So, so, uh, So if you hear everything that I taught, Jesus said, and you actually do it, you can expect the same results as the guy who builds his house on a strong, immovable foundation. And you might be thinking right now, what results? What are you talking about? Well, look at the next verse. Verse 25 says this, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. But look, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now, I don't know, did any of y'all learn that little song when we were a kid? The rains came down and the floods came up. Anyway, uh, so, so, by the way, that's the second time in three weeks that I've sang in church. And you're welcome for that. And band, pay attention because I think I have gifts. Uh, anyway, so, so, uh, so one of the things that Jesus is doing in this passage is he's crushing this myth that some of us were taught when we, as, from the time we were little bitty kids. And it goes like this. If you'll just love Jesus more, if you'll just go to church more, if you'll just read your Bible more, if you'll be nice to old people more, then your life will be full of only blessings, only really good things, no bad stuff. If you really do everything that I've said, just like Jesus said in verse 24, if you do everything just right and don't mess up, then bad stuff won't happen to you. If you love God with your whole heart, then you'll never have to worry about money, relationships, or dark places. And I want you to know what we believe here at the Bridge Fellowship and what I'm going to continue teaching as long as I'm allowed to be the pastor of this church is that is wrong that's not true you can you can be the perfect person in the world you can read your bible eight hours a day you can you can show up for church an, an hour early which clearly you guys don't struggle with that but that's another sermon and and like like you can do everything that God says to do in his word you can be that person that does it it doesn't mean bad stuff's not gonna happen 
right? In fact, Jesus teaches the exact opposite in John chapter 16, verse 33. Look at this on the screen. These are Jesus' words, not mine. He said, I have said these things, and he was teaching some other things to his followers, that in me you might have peace. But look what he says next. In this world you will have tribulation. A fancy word for trouble. He promised. Like, he didn't just go, it's going to be okay. He didn't, he didn't do that. He's like, look, it's going to get really, really crappy sometimes. It's going to get so dark sometimes that you're going to wonder if you could ever smile again. You're, you're going to walk through some times so difficult that you're going to wonder if all this following God stuff is even worth it. Right? He, he promises all that. So here's what he's teaching us in this story. Look on the screen. He's teaching us that storms will hit your life. Yours. Not just people who don't follow Jesus' teachings, but your, your life. You will have storms. You'll have relational storms, financial, health storms, mental storms, addiction storms. What, you, you fill in the blank for your life, but listen to me. What Jesus is promising us here is that storms will happen. You will have struggles in this life. Nobody gets a free pass. Nobody. No matter how good you are, right? But here's the promise from Jesus, and it's a really good one, right? The promise says this. You, you will have storms, but if you hear everything I've taught, build your life on them, and actually do them, hearing and believing is not enough. But if you hear them, believing, believe them, and actually put them into practice, when these storms come, and they're coming, your life won't fall apart. It doesn't mean that it won't hurt. It doesn't mean that it won't be scary or confusing or frustrating. What it means is when those storms come, you'll stand firm because of your foundation, right? That your foundation is built on the right thing. And in this case, we're talking about biblical authority. Now, real quick, let's look at the alternative. What's the other side of that coin? If, if I listen, hear, believe, and do everything that God says to do, then when storms come hit my life and they're going to come, then even though it might rattle me, I'm not going to fall apart because my foundation is strong, right? My foundation is solid. Well, what if I don't? Glad you asked. Let's look in verse 26 because Jesus says this. And everyone who hears my words and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. All right? Now, now, so Jesus tells the crowd that he's talking to here, and, and he actually knows this crowd here today too. He, he knows who walked in here. And, and I don't know if you know that. Like, you're, like, I don't know if you thought you surprised God by showing up for church today or like you're going to get a gold star sticker or anything like that. But God knew that you were going to be here this morning. And, and, and probably that means that something we're talking about right now in his word he wants you to hear, right? And so, so, so Jesus knew the crowd on that hillside that day, and he knows this crowd today, and he knows it goes something like this. Some of you here today at Bridge Fellowship in 2017, you hear, but you don't believe. And I've been there. And, and there's no judgment here. Listen to me. We'll, we'll let anybody in this church, literally. We'll, we, we have very low standards here as far as who can come and sit in these chairs, Okay? Some of you hear and don't believe. Some of you hear and say, well, that makes a lot of sense. One day I'm going to do that. What? That, that makes sense to me. One day I'm going I'm to pattern my life after that. Some of you hear the things that we teach about Jesus, about biblical authority, about placing your life fully in his hands and trusting him with everything. And, and you say this, you tell him, Jesus, especially her, 
because she needs to hear this. Or, or you elbow the person you're sitting with and going, that's you, right? Please don't do that right now, by the way, okay? But, but I'm telling you, like, that's what we think. We hear all this, and we think different things. And, and, and maybe you're sitting here today, and you go, well, I may sing about this. I may listen to Steve talk about this and go to life groups and talk about this. I might think it sounds good in theory, but I'm not actually going to do it. I'm not actually going to place every area of my life against Scripture and what it tells me to do. Like some areas, you're good. Like raising my children, I, I want to be a godly parent. I want to raise my children like that. You know what? There, there's big ones like, you know, protecting sex for marriage. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do that one. Maybe I won't, but m- maybe I will. And, and some of you are like, well, taking care of my body. Like, I know my body's the temple, and I'm, I'm going to take care of that. And so I'm serious about that. But my career, that's mine. My other relationships, I'm calling the shots on that one. And what happens is, we find ourselves choosing a cafeteria-style Jesus, and there is none. In fact, Jesus says, unless you take up your cross, is the example he's saying, unless you're all in, you cannot be my disciple. You can't just choose this area and this area, but ignore those areas. Actually, you can choose them, but you're going to be like the man, the foolish man who built his house on a, on a, in, a, a, a movable, non-solid foundation like sand, right? So Jesus replies and says, okay, your choice, you can choose, but be careful. Look what he says in verse 27. And the rain fell again, and the floods came up. You're singing that song in your head. And the winds blew and beat against that house. But this time it fell. And the Bible, not Steve Ferris, the Bible says, and great was the fall of it. Let me paraphrase this passage in my own words, okay? This is, I'm not trying to add to Scripture. I'm just putting it in Steve's language here, okay? Verse 27. And the same rain fell, and the same floods came, and the same winds blew and beat against that house, but this time with very different results. This time the house fell apart, and great was the fall of it. Two, two houses, exactly the same. If you walked down the street and saw those two houses, you'd say to yourself, that's the exact same house. Built with the same materials, same architect, everything looks different. The only thing you can't see is underneath all that, there's a foundation, and one's solid and one's faulty. And when the storms came, the solid house, with the, the house with the solid foundation, maybe some shutters flew off, maybe a couple of windows broke, but the house is strong. And the house was built on a faulty foundation or sand. Great was its fall. And that's where we find ourselves. And it's this yo-yo pattern in our lives where we go, you know what, this time I'm in. And we hand the keys and we're like... I trust you with everything, God. But then the winds start to blow and we get scared. And we're like, nope, I don't like how you're doing it. I'm going to drive this train. And what ends up happening is we wake up one day in the rubble that used to be our life because you know that this passage is not really about building a house. It's about building a life. And we wake up one day and go, how did I get here? How did I end up here? Right? So... 
maybe you're asking today, so Steve, are, are you telling me, or is Jesus saying that if, if I do everything he says, that's what you said, not people just that hear and believe it, people that actually do it, if I follow that exactly and put all this stuff into my practice and I trust Jesus with every area of my life and, and measure every single area of my life, my career, my family, my dreams, my host, my, my future spouse, whatever it is, if I measure all that against Scripture, are you telling me that my marriage won't fall apart? No, I'm not telling you that. Are you telling me that I won't get laid off or get fired? The Bible doesn't teach that. What I'm telling you is this. Jesus promises that when all that other stuff happens, you won't fall apart, even if your marriage or your career does. That, that's the promise from Matthew chapter 7. That, that's what he's trying to teach us today. I think... And I fall into this category sometimes, so I'm not just preaching down at you today, okay? I'm a fellow struggler. I think some of us want the Bible to say this, okay? If you obey Jesus and do everything he tells you to do, he will keep all the cancer, car wrecks, and financial chaos away. If you obey Jesus, your husband will keep his promise, your wife will stay pretty, and your kids will always make it home safely. And that's just not true. Life gets really windy. And I know you know that. The thing that I'm hoping you're learning today is this, is there's a way for you to withstand the wind. And I, I was going to tell this at the end, but this will save us time at the end. Um, Lindsay, can you put that picture up from, from last night? Did we, did we get that? Yeah, so, so let me explain, okay? So out there right now, okay, there are some beautiful tents, Okay? And a lot of people came early yesterday. By the way, we had over 30 people here very early yesterday morning to flip around church and get it set up and set up tailgate. And, and we, ha- we, we love you guys, and we want you to have an amazing experience. And all these people, they worked hard, and we're like, you know what, even these life group leaders, we don't want them to like have to set up a tent when they get here. Let's just set everything up, and it's going to look awesome. And, and we double-checked the weather, and, and the weather told us, zero percent chance of rain very low winds and so we're like just stake them down and that's good man but and and we're better than that we even devised a plan cp and i where we would alternate driving by just to check on them right and we were leaving a birthday party we were leaving emerson's birthday party i was going to jamie's housewarming party and it was my job to swing by here real quick and check the tents and you know what i did I did, and when I drove by, they didn't look like that. They looked great, okay? And so I called Chris Patton, and I said, hey, buddy, I just went by. They look great. And then 10 minutes later, he drives by, and they're rolling through the field. And they look like this. What I'm telling you is, the Bible teaches that if you will measure your life against Scripture and really trust it and do it God's way, your life won't end up looking like those tents. Listen to me. I know you're like, this church is really deep. Okay, well, that's, that's about as deep as it gets right there. So if you're disappointed, you're going to have to visit somewhere else next week. But anyway, so, so here's the deal. When, when Jesus finished this talk, here's what he wanted ringing in people's ears as they left the mountainside. Because this is the end of the talk. As soon as he's done with this little house-building, life-building story, he sends everybody away. And, and this, is, this is what he... he uh, He wants us to do today. In a minute, we're going to sing a song. I'm going to come up and give some instructions. You're going to go out and join a life group. See what I did there? You're going to go out and join a life group, and you're going to uh, sign up for a ministry team, and you're going to volunteer, and you're going to eat food, and you're probably going to have heartburn later. But 
as you do all that, this is what I think God wants ringing in our ears today. So listen. Two men each built a house for themselves and their families. Both of those men, their houses got hit with identical storms. One house collapsed and fell down with a great crash. The other house was still standing after the the storm passed. The only difference between those two houses was one man built his house, his life, by following and actually doing what Jesus told him to do, and the other one didn't. See, all these areas of our lives, selfishness, short temper, addiction, depression, they're not the root cause, they're just symptoms. They're symptoms of faulty foundations. And Jesus is offering a better way today. Not just for me, not just for a bunch of people sitting on the side of a mountain 2,000 years ago. He's offering a better way for you today. If you'll make the choice to trust that His way is better than your way in every single area of your life. Let's pray together. Band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in one last song and then I'm going to, I'll come back up and give us instructions for the, uh, for the tailgate and it's going to be awesome, but as you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, we just kind of take a moment to pause and let God's word download into our heart. I want to give you some things to think about. Maybe you're in here today and you love God. You have followed his way, even from a little child. You went to church and you learned things about the Bible and everything's going great, but at some point you took your eyes off of what God wanted for your life. Either you tried to take control and take the keys back and grab the wheel, or or maybe you fell for a lie that kept pulling you in deeper and deeper until one day you woke up and said, how did I get here? How did my life fall apart right around my very eyes? And the answer is usually we decided our way was better. So please don't miss this today. If you don't hear anything else I say today, please don't miss this. God is not mad at you. He's not standing in heaven with his hands on his hips, shaking his head at you in disgust, going, I've had it with you. That's not the God we serve, and that's not the Jesus that came to give his life for you. Not only is he not mad at you today, he hasn't given up on you. And I believe probably somebody walked in here today wondering that. I'm so stinking inconsistent, God's probably tired of it and has given up on me. And I'm here to tell you, and I'm thrilled to tell you today, that's not true. God is still in your corner. His plan for your life is still intact, and He loves you as much today as He ever has. There's nothing that you can do, no matter how many times you screw up, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. He loves you, and He just wants you to know today that there is a better way. God, we struggle sometimes. You you know me, God, and you know I struggle. As quickly as I can get up here and teach this stuff, God, I can walk out of here and struggle with some of the same fears and the same battles that have been kicking my butt for 30 years as a believer. 
And sometimes, God, it feels like the wind is so strong that we just can't hang on anymore. And God, I believe what you're teaching us today is that it never was our job to hang on. We will never be strong enough to hang on. The only option we have is to anchor deep deep into the solid foundation that is you and your word and when we do that the winds can come and maybe a few things get knocked over in our lives and maybe it's uncomfortable and scary but you promise us God in your word that we will not fall apart not because of the strength that we have in our own lives because that's not good enough you promise that because you are a good God and your foundation is immovable. So God, my prayer today for every person that walked in here, the the lifetime bridgers who are here in the very beginning to those who today walked in here for the first time, my prayer is that you would be so clear in telling us today that you are still here and that you still love us and that it is not too late to anchor deep and that your plan for our lives is still intact if we will just choose your way over our way. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys stand. Let's sing one song, and I'll come back here in a second.